Acts chapter 16, a lot of reading to do. The title of the message is, A Song at Midnight. I think this is important. I think if every Christian would get this in their spirit, it'd really, really change each and every one of us. Let's start. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, and they cast them, meaning Paul and Silas, into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I might add, so did the jailer. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. This is way before Elvis came around. This is, yeah, this is the original jailhouse rock right there. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison wakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. That was one of the miracle happenings and conversions in Philippi. And we will look at more of those miracle happenings probably on Wednesday night. Bow your heads, please. Father, we ask and pray, Lord, for your blessing, anointing, and touch, and power upon what will be said here today, what will be heard here today, what will be received here today, and God, hopefully what will be lived out in the lives of your people here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I have read the Bible before when it was like God himself was talking to me. And then I've read the Bible before, and when I got through with that chapter, I thought, preacher, you don't even know what you just got through reading. I have preached before when it just felt like every step I took God was right there with me. And then there's other times I have preached, and it felt like that I was in quicksand, and every step I took was hard, everything I said was difficult, and it was like, why am I even bothering? I've shared Jesus with people one-on-one -on -one where it felt like that the presence of God and the smile of God was upon me. There's other times that I've talked to people one-on-one -on -one about Jesus and thought this is the most difficult thing I have ever did in my life. 
I have prayed at times where it felt like if I'd open up my eyes, I would see Jesus right there. And there are other times I've prayed, it's like, Lord, where are you at? Let me give you a clue of something that I've learned in my own life and I think that will be beneficial to everyone else that's here and the difference that I want to explain of those two things, I really, of those two, of preaching when it was good, preaching when not so much, uh, praying when it was great, praying when not so much, reading the Bible when it was fantastic, reading the Bible not so much, sharing with someone one-on-one when it was great, sharing with someone one-on-one when not so great. I think the difference is right here with Paul and Silas. Stripes have been laid upon their back, not because they got caught doing some evil. No, they were out preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and was found guilty in doing that. And they not only threw them in prison, but before that, they put stripes upon their back. And now here it is, it's midnight, They're sitting in the prison. Come on, Scotty. Help me be right here. You didn't know Silas was such a big guy, did you? (laughs) And we're sitting in prison. Our backs have been opened up by the cat of nine tails. Every move we make, it's difficult, it's painful. And then Paul says, Silas, let's sing a song. And Silas says, what I want to sing a song for. It's been a bad day. Why do we sing? And Paul said, well, it's not because of the five-star hotel we're in tonight. And it's not because of room service, and it's not because of a comfy bed, and it's not because they fixed the steak that was medium well and the apple pie was just right. When Silas said, Paul, what do we want to sing for? I think Paul said, let's sing because we're saved. Amen. And there are some times that's about all we got going for us. But when we look at the early church, that was enough to keep them going. Thank God for that. Thank you. Thank you. Too many Christians have got to have a a peachy keen day every day and everything's got to go perfect. And if one thing don't go perfect, oh, well, God, where are you at? You know, I believe in the 70% rule. Ladies, how many of you had in your idea what marriage was going to be like? Oh, that's a funny story, isn't it? That's a funny story. I believe that if your man lives up to 70% of what you had in your mind, you ought to thank God every day. Yeah. Woo! Thank God. Thank God. 
You go on vacation, you got everything mapped out, it's got to be just right, and all that, oh, well, look what that, that guy cut me off. Oh, I just, I just hate him for that. That person cut in line at Wally World. Oh, I'm just so mad about that. No, 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 no. If 70% of your vacation goes right, you ought to thank God for your good vacation. Men, <laughs> easy says. <clears throat> well, I <can> forget that. <laughs> Go on to something else. <clears throat> Silas says, Paul, I just don't feel like singing. I don't feel God's presence. And I bet they didn't. It wasn't like, you know, get the hymn on, we'll sing a certain song, and then she'll repeat the last verse twice, and none of that was going on. They're in a dark, damp, rat-infested prison, and Paul's looking at Silas and saying, let's sing, and Silas is saying, I don't feel like singing. I don't feel God's presence. Listen, 366 times in the Bible, God says, I am with you. That's one for every year and one for, one for every day, and even including leap year as well. God is with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When I come to church, as great as it is to feel the power of God, I don't have to feel a tingle running down my spine or my goosebumps doesn't have to have goosebumps. I know Jesus is here. Amen. You know why I know that? Because Jesus is a man of his word, and Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in, the, in, the, in my name, there am I in the middle of all of that. I'm right in the midst of that. Every time we get together, whether I feel the presence of God or not, I know Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. That is his promise to me. Here's the message condensed down real quick. Paul and Silas had two homes. Ephesians chapter 2. God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, yeah, preacher, someday in the sweet by and by, I will be sitting together with, with Jesus. No, 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 no. Not God will raise us up. God has raised us up. When do we sit in heavenly places someday? No. You can sit in heavenly places right now. Here's what I've heard some of the political pundits say about Mitt Romney. Well, Mitt Romney can choose where he wants to live. So can I. So can you. No, I'm in the, I'm in the doldrums, and I'm going to go and just suck my thumb, and I'm going to go eat worms, and oh, nobody likes me, and I might as well quit. What's the use? I might as well give up. No, 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 no. You have a choice to where you can live in heavenly places if you so choose. Paul and Silas, let's go back to them. You know the big guy right here and the more handsome guy right over here on the other side. 
telling him, hey, we need to praise God. It was a choice that they made. A choice. It was a choice. I'm going to use this next week, but I'm thinking I'll just go ahead and use it right now. I heard Elaine Orr say something that when she said it, it just, my antenna went up and I thought, that is so right. Here it was. We was having lunch together as the staff and she made a comment, we were talking about something, and she made a comment, oh, well, that night I'll be here and I will have a good time. And I thought, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Oh, I'll be here and I will have a good time. I will. She is going to choose to have a good time. You can choose not to. That's up to you. But Elaine said, I will have a good time. It's as simple as that. No, I want to blame it on somebody else. I will have a good time. That's like Paul saying, I will sing praises to God. It's like Paul saying also in the book of Acts, I think myself happy. I'm going to be happy. I said I am, and that's what I'm going to do. What did he do? He lived in heavenly places. Some of you want to live in a hellish hole. He lived in heavenly places. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. What's he doing? He's living in heavenly places. Stephen is having his life pummeled from him with rocks, beating out his life, and he sees Jesus. How did he do that? He's living in heavenly places. John Bunyan lived 12 years in Bedford Prison. Writes Pilgrim's Progress. The book that is sold volume-wise, only second to the Bible. Amazing. The story of Pilgrim. Not John Wayne, the other Pilgrim. <laughs> Thanks, Kitty, for laughing for that. <laughs> John Bunyan writes Pilgrim's Progress off of the little a piece of fabric that they put over the milk bottle that was put in his cell every day. And he would take that piece of fabric and with the charcoal from the fire, he would take a little stick and he wrote out. And in 12 years after being in Bedford prison, he takes those papers that he had written out and that is why we have Pilgrim's Progress today. That man chose to live in heavenly places even though he was in prison. I think we complain far too much. Paul the Apostle, two years in prison at Caesarea. Give you four and a half synopsis of his life, four and a half years. Two years in Caesarea in prison. He gets on board the, almost said plane. He gets on board the ship and from the ship. Now some of you ain't even laughing about that. I'm going to wonder about you there. He gets on board the ship, and from there, he is shipwrecked. He lives a couple of months on an island. From there, a few months later, he finally gets to Rome. And from there, he thinks, I'm going to rent out the Colosseum and preach a citywide meeting. But instead, they threw him in prison for two more years. And because of that, we have two-thirds of the New Testament. He chose to live in heavenly places while he's in prison. I'm going to give you a heads up about your pastor. 
If I get thrown in prison for preaching, ain't none of you better be expecting a letter from me. <laughs> Not a one of you. You better be writing me. <laughs> and yet to show you the league that Paul played in, he is writing letters to the churches, and because of that downtime of him being in prison and him staying in a heavenly place, that man was blessed the church for the last 2,000 years because of that. Fanny Crosby, blind. She's in the Guinness Book of World Records. She's written the most songs of any human being ever. And one of those songs goes like this, Blessed Assurance. Let's sing it all together. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. The woman was blind. How can she write such lofty songs? She lived in heavenly places. Charles, Charles Weigel, his darkest hour, he writes one of the most, to me, one of the most heartfelt songs ever written. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no friend as kind as he. God gives us songs in the night. Job chapter 35 does not say God gives us gripes in the night. It does not say God gives us bitterness in the night, nor does it say God gives us complaints in the night, nor does it say God gives us worries in the night. It says God gives us songs in the night. Silas says to Paul, what are we going to sing about? And I truly believe Paul said, let's sing because we're on our way to heaven. Let's sing because we're saved. And that singing brought heaven down to them. God sent an angel and began shaking violently that prison. And that Philippian jailer leaped to his feet. I think the very singing that they had been doing, it just lullabied that guy to sleep. Because it does say he'd been sleeping. Them union workers. <laughs> I don't you got to watch him. <clears throat> Here's a point I thought of a few nights ago. What must I do to be saved? That man asked that question because he had heard two Christians singing. Would that question have been asked if he would have heard two Christians saying, God, why have you forsaken me? I was doing good and all the time I was preaching and now you put me in prison. <laughs> I don't think he would have leaped to his feet and said, what must I do to be saved? I think he saw something in these two guys that he did not have. He knew that I would not be in there with my back stripped bare to the bone by those lashes and no food to eat and not a, a bed to sleep on. I would not have been singing praises to God. And these guys are, I want what they've got. What must I do to be saved? 
You can sing at midnight. Here's three reasons why. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Number two, one of my favorite verses. No matter what I'm going through, this verse is in my head. This too will pass. That's a good verse. That's a good verse. This too will pass. This too will pass. This too will pass. And number three, we're seated in heavenly places. Psalms 137, how shall we sing the Lord's in a strange land? How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? That's where you really need to sing the song. That's where you really need to sing it. You know, he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? You search through the Bible. That's the most pointed question about salvation than anywhere else in the Bible. What must I do to be saved? That's a, that's a pinpointed question. You need to listen up on Paul's answer. Good question. Here was a great time for Paul to say, be confirmed and you will be saved. Great time for Paul to say, join the church and you will be saved. Great time for Paul to say, be real good and you will be saved. Get baptized and you will be saved. Take communion and you will be saved. Keep the Ten Commandments and you will be saved. The Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? Paul the Apostle said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's what he said. <laughs> That's the message I preach. And I come under fire sometimes because of it. Ah, oh, preacher shall. He preaches easy believism. Well, what do you preach? Hard believism? <laughs> Salvation is like a door. That's what the Bible says. It's like a door. Jesus is the door. You walk in through the door. Salvation is not an obstacle course. Oh, jump over here and do this. Oh, no, you didn't get, no, that, that was the wrong water. You didn't get baptized in the right water. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't say exactly the right words. We well, need to get baptized again. Oh, you can, really can't take, take communion here because you're not really belong to our church. And, you know, maybe if you join up and maybe if you change membership, maybe if you do all these things, maybe if you dress just like I did, maybe if your haircut was just like mine, which I wouldn't wish on anybody, but maybe <laughs> if you had all of these things that was going just like we do it, then we would accept you and then you could be saved. Be, listen, all of this false teaching and nonsense should be put to bed right now because of that one question was asked, more point blank than anywhere in the Bible, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. In the movie, Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins sneaks into the, into the warden's uh, office and plays a record. How many remembers that? A, re a classical uh, record, and it goes throughout the prison. He's thrown in solitary confinement because of that. He gets out of solitary confinement 30 days later 
and he's sitting in the mess hall, and across from him is Morgan Freeman, who his character's name was Red. And Tim Robbins' character's name was, anybody? Andy. Here was how this dialogue goes back and forth. Tim Robbins says, that's the beauty of music. They can't take that from you. Haven't you ever felt that way about music? This is what Red says. I played a mean harmonica as a, year, as a younger man. How many remembers that in the movie? It just didn't make much sense here in prison. Andy says, in prison is where it makes the most sense. I love that dialogue. I love that dialogue. Because I think back of Paul, this man singing in the jail cell. Paul and Silas lived in the heavenlies. John Bunyan was living in the heavenlies. Stephen living in the heavenlies. Abraham living in the heavenlies. Fanny Crosby living in the heavenlies. You and I can live in the heavenlies. How can we do that? By singing praises to God even at the midnight time of your life. I'm not a good singer. Ain't got nothing to do with it. Neither am I, but I still sing on. I tell you, I got to thinking about this. Uh, the older I get, the more I sing. I'm either singing or whistling or, or humming. Or, and if I'd have started doing this years ago, I'd be quite the singer right now. I'm getting better and better. <laughs> Rome. For a while, Paul was in house arrest, but before he died, they put him in Mamertine prison, which was the prison down inside a prison. I've heard of people that's went there, and you can be lowered down in there, and they say within just a few minutes, you're, hey, 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 get me out of here. Get me out of here. There's no light. No light at all. And those, those, those Roman soldiers that was head over that prison where Paul was at, they lifted him up out of that inner prison. And those Roman soldiers walked him outside the city gates. And a Roman soldier tells Paul to kneel down. And he reaches over. And he puts his head on a chopping block. And a Roman soldier swings an axe and chops Paul's head off. And the verse comes to mind. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I have no Bible to back this up. But from everything I know about Paul, I believe this is true. I think from the moment they lifted him up out of the Mamertine prison... And the time it took to walk outside the city of Rome with Rome glistening in the sun and from the time they took to get outside and they kneeled him down, I believe those Roman soldiers heard something the whole time. I think they heard Paul singing. It's the midnight time of his life and this guy's still singing. Thank God. That, that is what the church is built upon. That kind of faith. 
When one was killed, five others took their place. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. You can have a song at midnight, even the darkest time of your life, and I believe that is what's going to get you through. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, we're thankful for the opportunity that we've had to be able to share your word this day. And God, my prayer is, as people here this morning, as they have listened to the songs, and Lord, you've readied and prepared their heart, and God, now as they've listened to your word proclaimed, Lord, I believe their heart is open and receptive to what you're going to do in their life today. And God, anyone here that don't know Jesus, I'm believing that this life, this life can be born within them today. Before they walk out of here today, they're going to know, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I know Jesus loves me. Would you keep your heads bowed just for a moment? If there's anyone in here today, I want you to be honest with me, yourself, be honest with God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you would really like to, you would really like to today, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand high enough to where I can see it. Anybody in the house? There's one. Anybody else? Two, three. Anybody else? Okay. I want to ask those ones that raise their hand, if they would, they really mean business with God. I want them to come right, right up here, right up here to the front, and I'm going to pray with you. Come on, all three of you. Come on. We have a doing faith. There's always going to be a part that we've got to do. Come on. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. There was one more. If you got to bring somebody with you to do this, that'd be fine. We want you to walk out of here today knowing that Jesus is your Savior. Thank God for His grace in our life. Anybody else? Thank you. Proud of you. Thank God. Here's come some more. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. What we're going to do, I'm going to pray. I've been where you are at right now. There was a time that I didn't know Jesus, and Jesus was so willing to forgive me. I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray after me, okay? You're going to believe this in your heart. God's already done the big part. All we got to do is say, yeah, that's what I want. Okay. You're God in heaven. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've broken your law. I know I've broken your law. And I am sorry. And I am sorry. I also know, Lord, that you died on the cross. That you died on the cross. That you rose again. That you rose again. And you did that for me. And you did that for me. I receive you now, Lord Jesus. You said if we call upon your name, you would hear us and save us. You would hear us and save us. And we call upon your name now. We call upon your name now. We receive you as Savior. We receive you as Savior. As Lord in my life. As Lord in my life. Write my name down. Write my name down. In your big book in heaven. In your big book in heaven. Give me assurance of salvation. Give me assurance of salvation. Every day I live. Every day I live. Amen. Amen. Now I want to pray for you. Father, 
in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, we're thankful for these ones here today that have said yes to you. And God, I am believing, Lord, as they start on this new journey. God, your Holy Spirit is going to be there with them. Lord God, they're going to know that yes, they have trusted you. Lord, you've done the big part. You died on Calvary. And Lord, all we've got to do is say, Lord, I accept that. I accept that forgiveness for myself. And I am thanking you, God, that that is what has happened today. Bless, bless them all this week. Minister through them and to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Proud of you. Proud of you. Church, let's all stand. Let's give them a hand. Praise God. I want you to pray all this week, church, for these three that's come to faith in Jesus Christ. Bible talks about that this is a, well, a good way to describe it is how the Bible describes it. It's a walk. It's a walk. Now they're walking toward what God wants within their life. Not doing their own thing, not doing what they want to do, doing what God wants them to do. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. If somebody could, I need them to get uh, each one of those three um, get those those uh, new believers little packet thing that we've got. Make sure they get one of them. Um, if you would, and I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. Um, real loud, give us your names. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe it's the Presbyterian Church there on Broadway at Mount Vernon. I always get that confused, but I think it's Presbyterian Church. It shows that big etching of in stone of Jesus and all of those different blocks that they used to make that right at the feet, that block is a different color than the rest of it. And years ago, years ago, years ago, and I'd seen that all my life, but years ago, the Spirit of God just just drop that into my life. Everything changes at Jesus' feet. And God can color up your life the way he wants it to happen at his feet. So thank God. What a, what a wonderful journey. Walking with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
came to me in We can all sing at midnight. You don't have to sing like Kay or Carlin or who. You don't have to sing like that. God made you as an individual. God knew what your voice was going to sound like when he made you, whether it was going to croak out a song or whether it was just going to be as beautiful as beautiful could be or to sing anyway. I had a girl tell me years ago, when you sing, you sound like an old crow. I shouldn't have listened to her. Like I already said, if I'd have been singing all this time, I'd be singing like Pavarotti by now. <laughs> well, maybe not, but uh, uh, sing, sing unto God, even in the midnight hour, even in the midnight time, you can sing a praise unto God. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.